In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! And this week, it's the Super Bowl edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Using the big game as our inspiration, we're entering the retirement red zone. What is that, and why is it important for you? This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome in. Hi, everybody. Once again, Scott Inman along with John Shrewsbury and Tim Key joining us on the set today for the Get Ready for the Future show. As we mentioned, guys, the Super Bowl edition, the big game just a few hours away, depending on when you're getting our broadcast, I guess a few days away as we record this in the middle of the week, Rams and Bengals. So let's just get this out of the way first. Who are we going with? Uh, got pick? I got to go with the Bengals because uh, Brandon Allen from Arkansas is yeah. backup quarterback. Like Probably it. never see the field, but uh, unless uh, Burrow gets hurt. Right. But uh, I'll, I'll go with the Bengals. Okay. I'm going with the Bengals as well. Wow. Um, I'm pulling for them. I don't know. They're, they're up against a tough Rams team, but okay. um, yeah, they are. That I'm, defense is tough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it three across. I'm going to go with the Bengals too. I, I mean, I really don't. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it'll be close, but you know, the the deal with the Bengals is it seems like they're just becoming this team of destiny, right? It's just they're not supposed to be there. They, they've they been on a roll. They've beaten all these teams they weren't supposed to beat. So, yeah, we'll, we'll make it three for three. But please do not take our suggestions <laughs> no, no on doubt. any Super Bowl picks. But yeah. as we gear up for the big game, you think about football in general. And if you're a football fan, you have heard the term uh, red zone, right? It, it's when the team that has the football gets inside the 20-yard line. So the game is played – between the 20s, inside the 20, 20s, very differently, right? If you if you know a little bit about strategy, you talk to offensive coordinators, they'll tell you that the play calling changes when they get inside the 20. You have less field to work with, for one. That's the very practical uh, part of it. There's a stat here from Stadium Reviews that says when it comes to football, most teams have a better than 50% chance of scoring when they enter the red zone. Let me tell you something. If a team is 50% in scoring in the red zone, that coach is getting fired at the yeah. end of the year. <laughs> no doubt. Like, because a, but a good percentage, like a really strong one, would be somewhere around 80, right? You want your touchdowns in the 80, maybe scoring in the 90% if you have to settle for a field goal. But it's not 100. And that's, that's the big point here is no team goes to even Alabama – is not going to get inside the 20 and score every time. You're right. And and the connection to what we do at GenWealth is that uh, in football, you got to score. It's very, very important that you take advantage of that opportunity and score inside the retirement red zone, uh, inside the red zone of football. And likewise, in retirement, you've got to score. You've got to do well. You've got to finish strong in retirement. And that's why we uh, have used this phrase for a number of years. This is probably uh, – I'm known for the football analogies at GenWealth all the time. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the original football analogy yep. of uh, in retirement that you've got to win in that red zone because Tim you don't get another chance it's not like uh, it, this is like the the final uh, series in, of football in the Super Bowl you've got to win in the red zone well I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan and just a couple of weeks ago when they played the Bengals we had the, the the ball first and goal at the five yard line and couldn't get the touchdown the touchdown probably would have won that game for the Chiefs but had to settle for the field goal and there's just something about that defense and 
those things that are kind of against you in life and against you in retirement that you might be able to drive the ball down the field, but you get inside that 20 yard line and all of a sudden you see a defense tighten up a little bit and it's hard for that offense to, they don't have as much room. There's not as much time and things happen so quickly down there that it's just very difficult to score that touchdown. So rather than say, what is the retirement red zone as we kick things off in the show today, when is the retirement red zone might be the better uh, way to ask the question. So what we're talking about here from an investment strategy, the accumulation of wealth and preparing to distribute that wealth to yourself and possibly your spouse as income in retirement. That's that's the strategy, the overall general strategy. Everybody's is different, of course. But as you get along along the way when you're in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s, you're focused on accumulating wealth. You likely have a growth investment objective, right? You can tolerate risk. You can see that account value go up and go down because you have a long-term time horizon. That's what you're thinking. As you get closer to retirement, and we define that five to 10 years away from actually walking away from your paycheck and replacing it with your own assets, that is what we call the retirement red zone. So John, let's talk about that five to 10 year window and why things need to change. And then we'll dive into how they need to change. Well, I want to go back to 2007, 2008. You know, the phrase back then was my 401k turned into a 201k and I had to keep working yeah. because the market as a, as measured by the S&P 500 was down about 40%. And so people saw that big drop and they went, okay, I can't retire. I've got to put it off. Well, that is a classic example of before retirement uh, being in the retirement red zone. Likewise, if you had someone who retired into the teeth of that recession in 2008. Maybe they retired in 2007. And then you took a big negative hit in 2007 and then a much bigger hit in 2008. And then it rebounded in 2009. But you put yourself in danger with those two years of negative returns right off the bat. So this red zone in retirement we think of as the the five to seven, maybe even 10 years before you retire. And then about the five to seven year time frame after you retire, you have to be very, very careful that you are not selling assets, what I call into the wind. Uh, So you're not in a situation where you're selling an asset that has depreciated. Because if you need $1,000 and your asset was worth $10, then you got to sell 100 of those to get the $1,000. If that asset's gone down to $5, now you got to sell 200 of those to get the same $1,000. And that is what happens in the red zone as far as sequence or timing risk is concerned. And so, Scott, it is that zone between uh, year, let's just call it year seven before you retire and year seven after you retire. That's the danger zone for someone who is headed toward retirement or already in retirement if the markets don't go their way. Yeah, most people we talk to want to retire earlier rather than later. Mm -hmm. And so if they're full blown into the market and we do have a 2007 or 2008 or any type of really correction, that may push their retirement back later than they really wanted to. So we really need to be able to start making some changes to their investments so that we can get them retired as soon as they want to, or if not earlier. So we have some graphics here that we can use to illustrate the point. And I know that many of you are listening to only the audio version. So it is a good opportunity for me to remind you about our video versions of the Get Ready for the Future show. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. Just search for Gen Wealth. You can also get it off of our website, 
after the live uh, feed is completed. Our website is getreadyforthefuture.com. So I want to encourage you to do that if you want to see these charts, because sometimes we'll reference that. And if you're only listening, it's going to be a little harder to grasp it. But we're going to show you some comparisons, John. And, and, and these are really interesting, because when we talk about 2008, as a as a calendar year okay what if you retired into that and began taking income and selling shares of your investments as the market was going down but if you were in 2009 you're thinking oh well the market was going up beginning in march right but it's not even an annual thing right you can break this down to quarters you can even break it down into months it matters when you retire and you have to couple that i think john with the fact that nobody knows what you're going to fully retire into you think about even you know nobody saw covid coming march of 2020 what if right. you retired in march of 2020 and you were all in the market and began trying to sell yeah you you really don't know what the future holds and that's the the you know if we knew maybe a couple of different things then we could form the perfect retirement program number one when is this person going to die yes. and number two <laughs> when is the market going to correct right and so we can illustrate this through a study that was done by limra uh this study came out in, in actually in 2000 2018, but it covers the history of the market between, particularly between January of 1968 and about April of 1970. So let's imagine that you have 10 identical people who have reached retirement age. And looking at you at the graphic, you see this that you've got 10 folks that have reached retirement age. All these folks are identical. They have $500,000 in their portfolio. They're all age 62, and they're all going to withdraw about a 4% withdrawal rate in retirement. Now, their portfolios look exactly the same, about 60% in large and small company stocks and about 40% in government bonds. The only difference in any of these folks is the timing of their retirement. So let's take a look at at actually two people on the next graphic, if we can switch to that. Uh, Individual number one in this scenario retires in January of 1968. And individual number two retires in April of 1968. And you run forward in their lives all the way until they actually reach age 92. And what you find is, is that the first individual actually has about a million dollars more in his retirement program than the individual that retired just three months later. Now, that's a big difference, obviously, and that that could affect wealth transfer, that could affect the support of a spouse or whatever the case may be. So there's a big, wide difference there. And what you also find in individual number two that we're talking about here is that their portfolio has been trending downward for a number of years. And that is just basically what I call a tailspin. If you remember, I've used this analogy before, if you watched the original Top Gun, and when Goose goes into that flat spin and, and ends up dying in the ocean. That's essentially what you see in in, uh, individual number two's retirement because he is is on a downward trend and if he had continued living, he probably would have run out of money. So that's two of the 10 individuals in retirement. Now let's take a look at the next graph for just a second and you can see that there are, are lines all over this. One person in this study actually did run out of money before they reached uh, full uh, their, their full lifespan. 
And so you've got a situation where it really does depend on how the markets treat you. And each of these 10 individuals, as I said, have retired three months away from the other. So there was one that retired in January of 1968, one that retired in April of 1968, one that retired in September of 1968, and so on and so forth, all the way through to April of 1970. Here's the point about this. If you're if you're watching on the live stream, you can see the results of all ten of these investors, uh, and they've been all over the map. And we'll remind you that th- very simply, this is just the variance of this is is incredibly wide, but it really is based on when they retired, and only a three month difference in each of those individuals, and so it's incredibly profound how the market affects you. And understand, this is not your full-blown stock portfolio. Yes. This is a 60% equity, 40% bond, which is normally prescribed to most folks. But the issue of timing risk comes into play specifically about when you retire. Yeah. Just to go over that, I think you said it before you showed the first graphic, but just kind of wrap it up by saying it again, the portfolio in this study, which produced all those graphics that John just showed, had an asset allocation of 42.5% large company stocks, 17.5% small company stocks, and 40% government bonds, a typical 60-40 asset allocation portfolio. So when you think about, so what's the answer? So let's kind of go through the, the setup here on how do you figure this out differently? Because the idea here is you've got a wheel or you've got a, a, a pie that's cut 60-40, 60% in the equity side, 40% in the fixed income side, but there's no clear determination of where that 4% annually is coming out of. And so many advisors, and I've told this story on the radio before that I've had a client come in before who was with a different firm and uh, told the story of saying, uh, telling me that they wanted to withdraw some money and they made the phone call to the advisor to say, I need to make a withdrawal. I want to take a distribution from my account. And the advisor asked them, what would you like to sell? And that is the big problem here. It is the advisor's job, we believe, to, in managing retirement income plans to be able to tell the uh, client where they need to take those withdrawals from, what they need to sell. Because this is what it boils down to, guys. It's controlling what you sell and when you sell it. It is. And let me make another point about this 60-40 portfolio. Everybody just psychologically finds some comfort in being just like their neighbor or just like somebody that they know. And when you are brought up in a world that that really does tout this 60-40 portfolio, you think that's the thing that you should do. But clearly, math and science tells you that you could get all kinds of different results from that, Tim. Well, things that worked 20, 30 years ago. And I think a lot of that's where the 60-40 came from. And at that time, returns on bonds were much, much better than they are today. Bond prices were continuing to go up as interest rates came down. And right now, we're sitting at almost 0% interest rates. And we all know that the Fed's probably going to raise interest rates in March, and it may raise them five times this year. And so that's going to put even more pressure on bonds, low interest rates, bond prices coming down. So that 60-40 portfolio, that 40% that has historically been the safer part of that, is actually going to put even more pressure on that overall portfolio. So again, we don't need to be following what was done 25 or 30 years ago. Things have changed. We need to adapt. I think that's what's great about our plan, because I think our plan is really geared toward, just like Scott said, 
knowing what we're going to sell and when we're going to sell it. We don't want to sell something when the market's down 10 or 15%. I think it's important too, as we start to talk about what is the way to solve this, you need to be able to identify who you are as far as a retiree. And you have to have a plan to really do that. You have to be able to match the income that you're going to need and want in retirement with the assets you have. And if that is in balance, then we're really talking about sequence risk being a problem. If you're overfunded, because there's really three types of retirees, right? You're, you're, you could be overfunded. We don't see a lot of those. We do have some clients that are where your income need and want on a monthly basis is going to be more than covered by what you've saved for retirement. And you have additional funding. You can set aside, we'd call it one-off buckets, right? We would call it additional investment accounts that are really not needed for your monthly income. In that case, timing risk is not as big of a concern for you. If you are underfunded, though, you have very little in terms of retirement savings, and you're not really going to be able to get the income you want, and you're going to rely on Social Security, that timing risk is not as big of an issue for you. Your plan may need to look different entirely to preserve what you do have in case of emergencies. But what we're talking about here is a constrained investor. This group makes up the majority of retirees who have done a great job of consistently saving for retirement. They've built their uh, wealth and they're ready to step into retirement they're going to need to supplement their social security maybe their pension with a distribution of monthly income from that retirement savings but if they don't make the right calls they could run out of money before they run out of time you're right scott and i think one of the keys to understand this and what you've got to get your brain around if you are out there as a constrained investor is it's really not about the dollar amount that you have saved it's not about them having a million dollars or two million dollars even $3 million. The real arbiter of whether you're a constrained investor or not is if you take the needed income that you have for retirement, let's say it's $75,000 a year, and let's say that that you're in, uh, I'm sorry, let's say it's $72,000 a year. So $6,000 a month is what you're going to need in retirement. If you've got a million five hundred thousand dollars you simply divide that 72 into that million five, and what you got is 4.8%. So here's the rule. Anything above about 3%, you're probably a constrained investor. Because if your number is, let's say, 3% or below, then you're really overfunded. You're probably not, there's not a scenario in which you could probably run out of money unless you just went crazy spending money. But if you were just trying to predict, uh, I'm sorry, produce regular monthly dependable income, a 3% or less withdrawal rate, you're probably home free. But if you're above 3%, then you probably have really uh, exposed yourself to this timing risk, Tim. And and a lot of people can get sucked into uh, believing that, ah, because I got $2 million, I'll be just fine. It really depends on how much strain you put on that $2 million in terms of withdrawals, whether you're a constrained investor or not. Yeah, how much income do you really need? And I'm thinking that probably 90% of our Uh, clients that we help go into retirement are constrained investors. We don't have just a lot of clients that are overfunded. We do have some that are probably underfunded that we can help a little bit, but it's, it's those constrained investors trying to get your monthly income that you want and need on a monthly basis and also provide increases uh, throughout retirement for inflation. And we need to make sure that we don't go in without a plan in that case. And that's really where we specialize in being able to help 
someone bucket that money out so that we again know what to sell and when to sell it we don't want to we want to make sure here too that we don't overcorrect because i think if someone hears all of this and they say okay the timing risk is going to potentially plummet my portfolio in retirement then I'm going to get all out of stocks and I'm going to put all of this in the CD bank money, right? And I'm going to keep it safe so that I don't lose it. Well, that opens yourself up to another risk, inflation, right? You're going to have to increase your buying power over time with that monthly income. So you've got to believe in equities, but you can't be withdrawing from a portfolio that's all in on equities while you are taking monthly income. So what's the answer? Well, let's talk about that. We mentioned that pie, that round circle. So you don't think of your assets as everything's in a circle or in a pie. You think of your assets in buckets, very distinct buckets of money designed with different investments in each of the buckets for monthly income for yourself in retirement in designated times of your retirement. So that first bucket, John, is for the first five years, let's say, of retirement. Yeah. And what you've got to look at, Scott, is balance in this. I, I think that, you know, you you pointed out that, you know, inflation is a big problem and, and lots of our clients are coming in today asking about what do I do about inflation? What do I do about inflation? What do I do about inflation? And, you know, it'd be real easy to go, well, you know, equities and, and real estate uh, have basically kept people ahead of inflation for years and years and years. So let's just go all in in equities and real estate. Well, that's a bad move because you're forgetting about the timing risk. You're thinking about inflation risk, but you're really not thinking about market volatility and how that could uh, potentially affect you. So you've got to get to balance. And the way you balance that is you have the appropriate bucket set up in fixed income, in real estate and in equities to give you that balanced portfolio. But the key is to not sell something when the market is is not in your favor. And so you have to have some powder dry money that's just not in the market. Uh, Scott, I was talking to one of our clients the other day, and they were a little bit concerned about things, uh, you know, inflation and all of that type of thing. And I said, look, we have this much money powder dry in your portfolio. So you can withstand a market downturn. You've got plenty of money to increase your income for inflation in the future because of where we're invested. But you've got this bucket of money that keeps things safe and secure to give the markets time to work out any difficulties that they may be going through. And I think that's the real key to retirement income planning is having that fallback position that says, I don't have to sell any equities if the market is going down. I can just let it do what it's going to do. Yeah. And Tim, I think the important point too here to make is you want to build a retirement plan for yourself that provides consistent monthly income, right? You don't, because you could go in, we, these graphs that we showed here, that portfolio got depleted because the client or the uh, retiree continued to withdraw the amounts that he was dead set on. You could adjust that a little bit if you were willing to take a pay cut, right? But you don't want to do that. Yeah, I read a lot of different blogs and things like that, just people throwing things out on Facebook on different pages and it's like, well, if the market is down, I'm just not going to sell anything. I'm not going to take any income. But we don't all have that luxury. Right. And most of us don't. Most of us need that monthly income coming in. That's what we're used to when we have our paycheck, when we're at work. And when we go into retirement, we're going to need the same thing unless you've got a, a large amount saved up that you want to tap into. And, and honestly, most people that have a decent savings, they really don't want to use that savings for that purpose. Scott, I think it's important for us to point out that you know we, we've kind of nested up on the buckets and what have you, but the actual strategy that we use at GenWealth is a combination of flooring 
and buckets. Right. And, and having a foundation of regular, predictable, dependable income that takes care of your basic needs in retirement. So here's the other safeguard that is part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process is that if you need $60,000 a year between Social Security and other guaranteed income sources, we're going to ha- be sure that you've got that need met so that you have more discretion about when you pull money from your buckets. And and you could say, well, I don't need to do that right now. Let's just let that continue to grow. And I might be making some strategic investments in my portfolio that will work out next year but as as opposed to this year. I'll just let that you know ride and, and be able to exercise discretion on that. You can't exercise discretion on, you know, grocery money or electric bill money. You you have to have that money. It's what I call gotta have it money. So we want to have that gotta have it required income taken care of outside of your investment strategy. We mentioned inflation and that's a big topic of discussion. You've got to have that income grow over time because we know things are going to cost more. So on day one of retirement, we've got a monthly income plan built for you and we talk about it in net dollars but over time that has to grow and that's where you get into the later buckets that are uh, allocated to an equity strategy or possibly uh, an alternative investment strategy so it all comes in a written financial plan and i just can't I, i sit here and think about as we're talking about these things if you are entering retirement and you've got Uh, a number on a page you've got a 401k you've got an ira and it's a balance and you know you've got a stash of money over here to the side but so many times you just don't know how that translates to monthly income a clear definitive plan that shows you on paper on purpose a monthly income stream and how much it's going to be and even the rates of return that need to uh, be uh, acquired by those each individual account so that you can continue to have that monthly income. I just can't imagine if I was walking in retirement, why I wouldn't want that. Now, most people don't have really a written retirement plan. They don't really have a clue. They just hope it all works out. But Tim, hope is really not a plan. Yeah, hope is not a plan. And if you just if you don't have something written down on paper that you can follow, um, I think every year when we, we go into the new year, we try to set goals. And it's proven that if you write those goals down, there's a lot higher chance that you're going to actually complete those goals during the year. So hoping yeah, is it's a dream it's or a wish. It's just not something that we're going to accomplish. Scott, one of the uh, three big risks that we haven't talked about on this show in retirement here at GenWealth that we focus on is longevity risk. And I, I just wanted to mention this because living a long time, is really a, a, a bit of a math problem, if you will, on our side of the equation, because the longer you live in retirement, the more your money's got to get stretched. And a lot of people have kind of rested on the fact of, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to live that long. But what if you do? And there's there was a lot of talk, you know, in the midst of COVID and everything and all the deaths that have happened in, in, with COVID and what have you. I just saw a study that came out just the other day that basically said COVID has had really no big impact on the long term life expectancy of people, especially people that are healthy and, and that are in, you know, good, prosperous situations in, in life. And so longevity risk is something that is very real and it's got to be accounted for alongside these other two risks that we focused on today, which is inflation risk and the timing risk that you may be walking into unbeknownst to you in retirement. It's all part of our ready to retire process. We have just a couple of minutes left in today's show, but I do want to kind of get into a couple of other things that if you're in the retirement red zone, but you're not yet retired, 
and you you can develop that plan through the ready to retire process and know maybe you're going to be short of the runway of getting the income that you'd really like to have in retirement, a couple of things you need to be aware of in that red zone. You want to make sure that you max out your employer match. You need to find money, right? You need to find extra ways to save. And one of the easiest things to do is make sure that you are contributing enough to your employer plan, if that's a 401k or a simple IRA, whatever you have, if you have one, that you have uh, received or are receiving the maximum employer match because if you're not you're leaving free money on the table and then make sure to take advantage of catch-up contributions because if you're over 50 this may have slipped through the cracks for you right you you thought you were maxing out your 401k well those limits go up if you go if once you are 50 years old or older we have those uh limits for you as well i thought we had them in here let's see simple ira we do I mentioned I'm 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 missing it now, but I can tell you what it is. It's twenty thousand five hundred dollars is the maximum four hundred one k contribution. If you're under fifty, you get an additional sixty five hundred dollars. If you're fifty or over, so you could put twenty seven thousand dollars into your retirement plan to prepare for uh, your retirement income. If you're in that red zone, but not yet. Uh, reaching the asset level you need to generate the income you'd like to have. How about that for perfect timing? How about that? He was 10 seconds late. I was expecting him to come a little bit sooner. That is the final. You had some help there. Yes, I had to go. I had to stretch, Casey. I had to stretch. That is the uh, final bell, and that means it is time for our closing thoughts. Tim, we'll start with you. Well, my final thought here is you've got to fend for yourself, but you never have to do it by yourself. I mean, the Olympics are going on now, and we've got the greatest athletes in the world competing in some of these winter games, and The thing is, you see that each one has a coach. And I think it's definitely something that every one of us needs to have a mentor or have a coach that can help us walk through these things that um, are in their expertise. Guys, I'm going to continue the football theme here and basically just say, look, don't be afraid to call an audible. If you've been going down the road and you don't really feel like you've got a plan to really successfully get you through retirement and and have all the things that you need and all the things that you want, then go ahead and call an audible. And and when you call an audible, you can certainly call us here at GenWealth and we will put together a plan on paper, on purpose for you to have clear knowledge about where you stand in retirement and how you can move through retirement with the least amount of risk possible to your portfolio. And my final thought is to find out for free how likely you are to score from the retirement red zone. Here's a quick resource for you. Go to 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one, the number five, and then minuteretirement.com. Or you can text the word checkup to this number, 501-381-5228. So either place, 15minuteretirement.com, or text the word checkup to 501-381-5228. And that is all the time we have for this edition, the Super Bowl edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Hope you enjoy the big game and hope you'll join us again next time. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. 
That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. 